how art thou. Use art and music as a tool for addiction recovery. We're looking at uh, first right now, uniquilibrium.com, where I have a post that's called Motivation and Self-Improvement Featured Network Guest Authors and Articles. It's simply a list of guest authors that have published on my various websites. And the, well, the first one we're going to look at is going back to 2018. I previously posted on here a, an article uh, from Rufus Carter, and you can see that one here in the podcast. Rufus Carter also wrote and published an article on my site dealing with addiction and recovery uh, and things like that. But his last one that I published from him was called Pay Bills and Rebuild with a Side Hustle. That's a previous show here on Colin in the Exercising Your Mind show. And so now this this uh, article, the Motivation and Self-Improvement Featured Network Guest Authors and Articles links out to, I believe it's hypnoathletics.com, and it is the article we're going to touch on today, Use Art and Music as a Tool for Addiction Recovery. And a uh, little, little subtext here says, Art and Music are wonderful healers and exceptional tools for addiction recovery. They can help process and manage the emotions that make someone turn to drugs while also providing a framework through which they can provide or excuse me and while also providing a framework through which they can improve themselves and develop confidence which they can improve themselves and develop confidence so that's what this is all about here and as i said uh that was on uniquilibrium.com linking out to Use art and music as a tool for addiction recovery. It's by Monica Smith. All right, let's take a look what she has to offer and take a look at some of the links that are here for those that are interested in in addiction recovery tips as well as how art and music can be used for those purposes. Here we go. It has been known for a long time that creative endeavor is good for you. The benefits include improved mental health, cognitive function, and even physical well-being. But while humans have been creating for thousands of years, more focused applications of the power of creativity have been at the forefront of much research in the past century. All right, let's take a look at this first paragraph. There's one link, so we're going to be exploring the links. And Monica Smith... Link, uh, hyperlinked good for you. Let's see where that leads to here. It leads to an article on Medical News Today called What Are the Health Benefits of Being Creative? So that's the first resource that links out from there. Let's continue. In particular, art and music have been developed as forms of therapy that can help people suffering from trauma or illness. They have become particularly useful tools in the area of addiction recovery 
where those hoping to turn their lives around use expression through visual arts and music to help them along the way. But why do art and music work so well as a form of addiction recovery? Right, we're going to answer that question in a second, but first let's explore the hyperlink art and music she has in that second paragraph. And that leads to USA Today. And it reads, it's in politics, it says, whether it's art and music therapy or art and music as therapy, it calms traumatized teens. Looks like it's written by Reginald E. Payne II and Jane O'Donnell and Marquardt Doty for USA Today. That was published on uh, March 22nd, 2018. So in this article being published uh, from Monica Smith in 2018, she's got links in there that she put when it was published that are re very relevant to the time or, or current events. Let's continue. The importance of hobbies. Both art and music are hobbies. Well, for some people, they can be professional, right? That's my part there. Hobbies are often seen as just a way to pass the time. But they are essential parts of who we are. They enrich us, allow us to grow and learn new skills, and give us something to do in our spare time that we can be proud of. So yes, uh, she says very... She matter-of-factly, she makes a statement that both art and music are hobbies and just a way to pass the time, which is true for some people. But art and music, uh, I, I have both been hobbies for me, but they've also been part of business and part of professional endeavors. I've been paid and still continue to this day to get paid for creating art and music. So it's not just a hobby. It can also be used for other things. Continuing. If you are if you're a recovering addict, hobbies can help you stay productive, filling those empty hours you spent engaging in your addiction. They can be a way to de-stress, to meet new people, and simply develop a sense of confidence and achievement that helps you keep on moving. While we are going to focus on art and music, hobbies such as cooking and gardening are also wonderful for recovering addicts and can, in fact, be more useful for certain people. All right, let's take a look at the link she has there from Hobbies. And that links out to, it uh, looks like rehabvillage.org, but the link is not working. So we're going to have to uh, look for some resources on that. Also, I noted that in the previous podcast um, from the other author who published uh, the, one, the first one I did about how a side hustle can help you rebuild. Um, there was also a, a link that was broken in there. And I have tons of them, of my own blogs and stuff like that on my writing. So I always seek assistance with that. So if you guys can help fill in these uh, missing broken links. And sometimes I reach out to the authors too, but I have, there's so many of them. Um, I'm looking, I'm hiring an assistant, an executive assistant, even remotely. So let me know, cause uh, we're gonna need these people. Um, we need these things more organized. All right, let's continue. All right. Art, visualizing and processing trauma. It's a nice motorcycle. All right, so art, visualizing and processing trauma. Art is a broad term used to describe visual arts, including painting, sketching, collage, and sculpting. 
these activities are useful for recovering addicts in the same way as all hobbies are, but they are particularly great as a tool to process trauma. And she has trauma. Monica Smith is the she I refer to. She's the fantastic, wonderful contributor who created this article for my website, hypnoathletics.com. And let's look at how she's linked out trauma here. Trauma links out to science direct. And it says, accessing traumatic memory through art making and art therapy trauma protocol, also known as ATTP. This is cool. We use our minds not to discover facts, but to hide them. Antonio Damasio. Art makes the invisible visible. Paul Klee. Anyway, those are two little quotes at the beginning of that. Uh, the arts and psychotherapy, accessing trauma memory through art making and art therapy trauma protocol, ATTP. Again, linked out from my, uh, from my website where Monica Smith published the article. Let's continue. According to Tonic, there is a direct proven correlation between the trauma experienced in childhood and the likelihood that someone will develop a substance abuse disorder. Addictions often develop as a coping mechanism to trauma. So interventions that try to address one without the other often fail. This is where art therapy's success lies. Fascinating. All right. So they develop as a coping mechanism. So art therapy helps as an intervention to address that. Um, so... Trauma, experience in childhood, likelihood that someone develops a substance abuse order. So art therapy is an intervention that, uh, that addresses both the addiction and the trauma. And let's take a look at the link here. She linked the word correlation. And that leads to vice.com. The link between childhood trauma and addiction. That's on vice.com. Family separation is traumatic. And traumatic experience can launch a predisposition to addiction or mental illness. Sorry, let's say that again. Uh, can launch a predisposition to addiction or mental illness into an actual disorder. All right. Continuing on. Music. Expression through sound. People often assume that music therapy is only for those lucky enough to have the musical or to have musical talent. However, as almost anyone will know, the benefits of music don't just extend to those who can play it. Simply listening to music is a powerful tool for emotional release and reflection. Very, very well mind suggests creating separate playlists for different situations to help you cope with difficult emotions like stress, anxiety, and sadness, all of which can be triggers for addiction relapse. All right. Excuse me. <coughs> Addiction relapse. All right. Let's uh, let's continue. Um, yep. And and in here, when she says "very well mind suggests," she links out the word "suggest," which probably goes out to "very well mind" or something. There we go. Very well mind. How to use music for stress relief by Elizabeth Scott, PhD. And it was just updated uh, a couple years ago. So after it was, uh, so it's a little bit more updated than when 
Uh, Monica Smith originally published it on my website in 2018. There's an update by Elizabeth Scott, PhD, on August 27th of 2020. All right, let's go. That said, there was also evidence that all the benefits of listening to music are significantly increased when playing it. Playing music engages and develops the brain in a unique way compared to other hobbies. Improving your ability to solve problems, process emotions, and execute plans. This makes it exceptionally useful as an addiction therapy tool since it creates a solid framework for a more productive and satisfying life. So all of these things I can actually really relate to. Addiction and music, art, and so many other things that I use to help to keep myself above above ground, above water, both not good. All right, last thing, uh, last paragraph is coming up, but before I do that, I'll look at the last hyperlink she has in here that linked out evidence in that last paragraph, and it goes to a YouTube video, and uh, uh, that YouTube ad music, can you hear that? I hope not, but it's very familiar to us all. So there's a YouTube video that says, How Playing an Instrument Benefits Your Brain by Anita Collins. So that's where that links to. And now let's finish out here, the last paragraph, Art and Music. Uh, hello, Chris. For, thanks for joining and listening. Art and music are wonderful healers and exceptional tools for addiction recovery. They can help process and manage the emotions that make someone turn to drugs while also providing a framework through which they can improve themselves and develop confidence. Whether you choose to opt for a recovery program that includes art and music or simply start incorporating into your daily routine on your own, do not neglect to take advantage of the, of the joy and support that creativity can bring into your life. All right. And so, that, like I said, that's from one of my authors from, uh, who published on one of my websites. This one is from hypnoathletics.com. And it's called Use Art and Music as a Tool for Addiction Recovery. I just closed out there with the uh, excerpt uh, from the end of it. So there's lots of really great resources. Again, the links to both, uh, the, to both the, the sources are there, available for everybody. You can very easily access those articles so that you can check out the resources for yourself. Uh, Monica Smith did a fantastic job of putting these resources together. Um, and if, if there will be nothing, so Chris, I see you listen. Hey, uh, kapow. Um, uh, anybody have any uh, insights or want to say anything about uh, using art and music for any reasons besides addiction recovery? I mean, they can be useful for anything. If you guys have any comments, suggestions on... Um, on using art and music, you can call in now, or I'm going to close it out and start getting to some other stuff. But this is, um, it's so valuable that she put this together, uh, Monica Smith, and, and she has continued to provide articles for my site. Kapow's calling in. I'm going to take that call right now. And uh, welcome to uh, the show, Exercising Your Mind. How are you doing today? Hi, um Hello, exercising your mind. Um, this is my first time on here, so I didn't hear any of the other show or what you talked about. I'm afraid. No, it's okay. No, that's great. Um, so, and my name's Hakeem, by the way. Um, 
I have several different shows under my company, Uniquilibrium LLC. We tell all kinds of stories, science fiction, and everything in between that and, and things like this that are really important for people, like addiction, recovery, and therapy of all kinds with art and music. Um, do you have any experience with art or music in any way? <clears throat> uh, well, I'm a movement artist, and so um, my experience with um, art would be um, having um, been uh, observing my own um, mind and recovery and brain uh, get better through uh, movement. So, like, I, I started taking. Um, dance classes and jujitsu clinics like uh, ah, that's amazing 2018 or something like that yeah so um yeah i guess i just wanted to talk about um the, the art of the body i guess for a moment well i can i can definitely relate to that and chris i do see that you're calling in i'm going to get you in a second let's uh continue and i, and I pronounced that correctly kapow kapow mm -hmm. um okay. And, uh, yeah, uh, so yeah, let's, uh, what would like to say about it, about, uh, your experience with art and music? No, cut out there for a moment. Oh, I'm sorry. What would you like, what would you like to say about your experiences with art and music? Um, I'm just like, I, uh, something that I recently was in recovery for was, uh, hoarding disorder. Okay. And I'm just like, I don't really know how, like, um, art would help with that, I guess. Like, I've been in recovery for a while, but I, that's not that's not what I use. That's not a method that I use for that. Yeah. So, I don't know. So, do you feel like you've, how, how are you feeling now? Um, do you feel like you've had success recovering? Yeah, I've been, I've had, I've been successful recovering and I've been in recovery with hoarding disorder for a while now, at least like two years, I would say. And, um, and so what, what has your experience been with that? Do you want Have to you... In, in that invite again? I missed it by accident. Oh, sure, sure, no problem. There you go. Um, yeah, this makes it a little bit easier. And Chris, you can unmute and speak freely as well. Um, but yeah, Kapow, go ahead and, um, and, uh, yeah, let me know because I'm just I'm really curious. I mean, so hoarding disorder that's a very that's very interesting um, because everybody I don't know if you know this, but a lot of people have deal with this to a certain extent in one way or the other. Um, so how how have you been dealing with that directly, like specifically? I don't know. I don't like whatever I like because I actually found that in my research about it is that there's a 60 to 80% recovery rate with hoarding disorder. It's just that um, most people don't um, seek out any type of therapy for it. Right. So most people simply don't address it is what the they issue is. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah, there's a lot of shame around it, I guess. And I think that's what prevents a lot of people from getting into recovery for many things. Yeah. Um, has that been an issue with you? Um, it wasn't an issue for me, but like I am an like for me, I I have been an artist for a long time. And yeah. I'm like art in this case was not something that helped. 
Okay. Then I couldn't well, really seem to find a, a figure out a, what how to do that. Yeah. Well, you know, like some people. No, no, I totally, I can understand it. I, I didn't. Apologies for cutting you off in mid sentence. Uh, some, uh, some people, you know, everybody responds differently to different things, of course. So, you know, anybody else listening with that idea in mind, uh, these these things. These things happen. Everybody responds to things differently. So even in the article, Monica Smith, she did say that there are probably a lot of other things that people uh, will respond much better to. Chris, you still there? What's going on? What, what have you got to say about this? Welcome. Uh, thank you, um, Unique Living Room, for, for having me speak today. I really do appreciate it. And this is something that I feel that um, I can actually relate to, and I'm glad that Kapow uh, spoke on it because then it kind of just, you know, inspired me. Um, cause when I first returned from Afghanistan, um, I kind of, uh, developed a hoarding issue. Um, to give some background on, on that, I just, I enjoy collectibles. Uh, most of my life, I kind of, uh, you know, I didn't really come from much growing up. So the things that I got, I took care of. Um, and I've always been kind of nerdy and just interested in different fandoms and, uh, you know, just to kind of use an umbrella word here. Um, uh, and, and, you know, I, I like, uh, statues, you know, like more type, you know, possibly high end collectibles, um, that can sometimes be quite costly. And at, at just at one point I realized that, um, I was not putting my, my own well-being first because I started kind of really just getting involved with, 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 with hoarding these things. Um, and I, I've kind of, I've since cut back in the last four or five years and, uh, that's helped my finances greatly. And, um, I also don't have any additional storage units full of a bunch of stuff that I tell myself I'm going to possibly sell or, or, or just collect, you know, I may buy three or four of the same thing cause it was on clearance or, you know, um, I just felt it was a good investment. Like, do I truly need five, you know, Nintendo 3DS Pokemon uh, Pikachu editions? No, but there was times that I would, I would, I would do those. That I, I know these 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 actions, and now they're just sitting in a storage unit. Um, but when it comes to the art stuff, I, I myself I do enjoy art. I've kind of got a, a background in very, uh, I guess, punk. You know, kind of being a punker. Uh, so uh, sewing and just drawing and. Uh, I always like building things and I like doing models. Uh, I lived in Hawaii in 2000 uh, with, with, with my family until 2004. That was my first exposure to what now people are calling Gumpla, uh, which is, you know, building Gundams. I'm not sure what media that Kapow likes to use outside of, he said he does like, you know, some martial arts and things. Um, but let's say, you know, theoretically I'm, I'm using, uh, you know, just these, these uh, Gundams. Now, I'm, you know, I may build it because it gives me that therapeutic outlet and then I'm giving it away instead of keeping it. So therefore, I'm also working on the fact that I have this hoarding issue, you know, and uh, you can you know, make money off of it or whatever it may be as well. But, you know, just the action of finding something you enjoy and then and then passing on that joy. Yeah, it sounds like so- it. You do some, um, uh, I think what they call it, like exposure therapy. So you're allowing yourself to acquire something, but then also let go of something, um, perhaps. Correct. Correct. Absolutely, Kapow. You're you're on the right path. Um, Yeah, Yeah. you know, because that's what it is. That that's how you build resilience to 
whatever it may be that you're that you're dealing with or suffering from because there's no label that can define us we only allow labels to define us it's that mind brain connection we we make this decision in our mind and then we tell it to our brain and that sends the signals to our body that manifests you know uh physically you know um and that's how people you know, end up with uh certain diseases at time as well you know it's just that just the way we speak to ourselves can be very powerful yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, one of the reasons or one of the things that pushed me further into being um uh focusing on movement uh specifically out of uh, the other arts like painting or sewing or dra- or drawing or whatever it is uh, like those are more analog things of course um but even like things that require physical tools like i don't know like digital art sometimes requires a, a like a Wacom or a tablet or something. The reason that I um, ended up going further and further into things, uh, the art of the body or like movement um, is because uh, it doesn't require you to acquire anything because your instrument is the body. I guess, I guess that didn't affect me that way. You know, I, um, I totally get that Kapow. Like I use so many different things. Um, when you mentioned movement, uh, earlier, the first thing that came to mind, because it's something I do every day, is this an art form called capoeira, which not only is a dance form, but it's a, a game and a martial art at the same time. And we also play instruments and sing at times. And there's so many elements to it that you can either take, leave, leave or take. But altogether, there's so many things to draw from that make it quite an amazing folk art and can be used in so many ways. Um, yeah, and it's it's fascinating. I do know some people. Uh, I had a friend who was a professional violinist who was dealing with, you know, uh, she was on some antipsychotic medications and things like that. And whenever I would go visit her uh, in the in the hospital, I would bring her violin. And not only would it help her when she started playing, but also it was very helpful to the other residents there or the other, you know, uh, recovering. Uh, people who were there for patients, I should say, um, and and it was very helpful to them. And that it's they seem to all be quiet, you know, where it seemed like a a room full of chaos for a little while. But when she bought her viol, when I bought her violin and she started playing, it was amazing because all of a sudden she changed from being erratic and kind of being very distracted by stuff to being so focused on on expertly playing. I mean, and she is like world class, super one of the best violinist I've ever heard in my life and she's played with so many different symphonies and orchestras and composes and I mean so I've seen that but then I've also seen how uh, you know it can't it's not helpful to some people at all as well so um, I appreciate you guys sharing Um, is there anything else you guys want to uh, mention before we wrap it up Uh, you know we're just talking about use art and music as a tool for addiction recover recovery if anybody's just joining or listens to this recording there are links directly to one the uniquilibrium.com website where you can find the uh, article that has all of my links uh, current links for guest authors and contributors and then that links directly out to hypnoathletics.com another one of my websites where you'll find this article there uh, by Monica Smith. All right, guys. So we're going to wrap it up. And uh, like I saw Kapow, you unmuted for a minute. Uh, minute. What? Uh, I was just going to thank people for the dis- uh, for the discussion itself. Um, so it was nice talking to you all. And then also uh, recommend um, something that helped 
was helpful for me with my um like uh with me uh like uh dealing as a survivor of rape that kind of um like uh triggered my hoarding disorder and some of my other like unhealthy habits um and that was this book um it's called uh let's see it's called uh um it's a book by julia cameron that's the author and i think and it's called the artist's way um so that was a, a book that was helpful for me. It, it uses a couple different tools. One of them is a, a writing every day. And then the other one was um, as a type of like moving meditation. And then the other one. So I guess that could kind of be art itself. But then um, the other one uh, was um, like uh, uh, going on like little uh, artist dates or like personal excursions where you put yourself in the mindset of like uh, putting yourself in a different situation that you might not have um, normally done. So you can uh, ex like uh, uh, have new experiences that can inspire you. So it doesn't have to be just for the foreign artists, of course, but um, it can be for anyone. But yeah, it's called the, uh, the artist's way by Julia Cameron. That was something that helped me out. I've, I've, I've heard of the book. I've never read um, The Artist's Way, but it, it's actually somewhat popular of a book amongst people who are interested in art. Um, and so, yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's a great reminder so people check that out. I also do a great deal of writing. And by the way, I didn't mention this, but one of the things I, and I've been practicing consistently since 2004, I have a degree in clinical hypnosis. So even though my scope of practice in that is vocational, and avocational motivation and self-improvement, some of the things that I share specifically about getting better sleep, relaxation, and things like that are useful for almost anyone. So um, that's my insight on that. So Chris, if you have anything to say, uh, speak your piece. Um, also, by the way, what's funny is that about Chris, Chris and I actually know each other. We spend a good deal of time hanging out some time, and I didn't even notice when he was in here that it was him. I totally forgot. Like, I saw somebody, I was like, Chris, and I didn't even recognize my own friend <laughs> I've known uh, and we, we were just we just saw each other we were just hanging out yesterday so anyway and uh, Chris I definitely appreciate you sharing um, and it's interesting some of the things that you learn more and more and more about people every day um, what's up buddy oh no 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 uh, continue. Oh, continue oh I'm good man I just appreciate you I think uh, thanks for calling in and um, uh, yeah, this is an important topic for a lot of people, and I'm going to continue to go through all of my uh, guest authors' articles and different contributions until I get to the end of them, which is going to take a long time because there's a lot of them. So a lot of people are going to get some insight into a lot of real cool stuff here through this particular uh, show. So, um, yeah, that's it for me. Uh, well, thanks for having me on, and, I, and, and I, if you do have the time, I would like to expand on this. I think that it's a really important thing, and... Uh, you know, I think that we should have uh, some deeper discussion here because some of the experiences that I've had myself uh, with with addiction and struggling with um, some of the demons that uh, I guess I signed up for when I went to the army. Right. You know, not really crying about it. But at the end of the day, you know, these are things that everybody suffers from. Everybody suffers with addiction on some level from the realities that we're I mean, we're just in kind of a miserable reality overall I mean, society in general is kind of in a poor state. Let's just be real here. Um, 
you know, but this, how you were speaking before with, uh, I'm not sure which friend it was with the, with, with the violin, if you wanted to kind of uh, remind me of that real quick, uh, just so I can you know, make sure I'm speaking to the right person, but, um, you were oh. along with the one. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I was talking to yeah, a friend of mine, um, playing violin. Well, what, is there something particular about it? Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, because you weren't wrong. Like you were saying, how it stable. You know, it brought her into a uh, a state of just being more stable. She was, you know, focused on her on her craft. Um, and then there's also what music itself can do for people, right? Like music therapy as well. So that's where I wanted to segue with that. How it's kind of, you know, it's got this duality to it. Um, and and art can do the same thing. And the one of the ways that I experienced this is that. There was a time I was uh, inpatient at the VA hospital, and there was, you know, some guys there that have some real issues. You know, I mean, God bless that that I don't uh, that I, I came back, you know, okay. Um, and 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 you know, these, some of these guys were in there for months on end. You know, young dudes too. You know, I'm only 32, and they may have been, you know, around my age at the time in my younger 20s. Um, or my, my mid, my mid twenties and, uh, or even maybe a little bit older in, in their thirties. And, but just the way that, um, you know, they would bring in somebody from the outside, usually maybe from the VFW or the DAV or maybe a local school, um, you know, usually, uh, either an, an elderly woman or <laughs> luckily some, some nice young, uh, college student possibly, which is always a, a great thing. Um, it, but the, just, just the way that music would like bring these old guys back or just like calm them down or, uh, you know, some of the younger guys in there that were really struggling with, 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 with opioid addiction due to the VA getting them strung out or trying to escape some of the pains and horrors of war that they've experienced. And, um, you know, or the, or the fact that you know, people were able to use music as a, a vessel to kind of like, I don't know what the word uh, uses, um, you're much better about this um, unique equilibrium, but just like like being able to get in that headspace of kind of like you know visualizing the music and you know it yeah. bringing you to a uh, uh, more of a meditative state. Sure, I mean I I have experience, but I don't know if I'm the best at it. I just it's just my go to because it's uh, it's it's easy to go to and it's it's uh, free. <laughs> uh, Kapow. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? Oh, I. I'm- I understand what you're saying. It can be a a catalyst for uh for or um oh now I lost my own words. Oh well. <laughs> well, you know, interestingly enough, in the article that I'm referencing here from my author, my guest author contributor Monica Smith, she did mention uh, that um something very interesting that yes, music as a, as a listening point can provide therapy all in itself. Um, that can definitely be something that people get therapy from, but she says that research shows that, uh, some people may get extra benefit if they're also playing the music too. And I think that might've been one of the things that went on with my friend who was playing it. But now there's something that I want to segue into because this, this actually thought came to me earlier. And, and since it's popping in my head and like ringing my spidey sense really strongly, I think I should mention it. Before you segue, I just yeah. want to plug this real quick. Anybody yeah. ever hears this? Um, it's a uh, guitar for vets. Um, free guitars to give you lessons. Uh, I'm not sure if you have to be a current conflict uh, veteran or not. I'm pretty sure you just have to be a vet in general with an honorable discharge. Uh, yeah, um, guitar for vets. 
Awesome. Thanks for letting me know about that. I'm going to check that out too. Um, one of the things I do have as a uh, one of the continuing education courses I did was in clinical hypnosis was for specifically post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, and, uh, and I only mention that just because that's a, a huge thing with a lot of vets. Um, and Chris is a veteran himself, as he mentioned before, from the Army. Um, and the thing that I wanted to mention really interestingly, once this loud vehicle passes by, um, that's nice. That sounds nice, actually. I like that. Um, I'm starting to appreciate motors and things like that a lot more now because of you, Chris. Um, but this, so the, um, the, the segue I wanted to make was about how, what I saw when it said that people who play music more, it's more beneficial for them. But also the fact that my friend is an expert, a, a, an expert violinist. It reminded me of the fact that there's something called visual motor behavior rehearsal and then there's also something related called mirror neurons so mirror neurons fire at a sub activation level when we see somebody else performing an action that our body might be able to perform so it sends all the same uh, circuit uh, signals through your body to the same muscles in the in the same nerve order as it would if you were going to perform that particular movement except it does it at a sub-activation level so you don't actually move. Uh, but it's preparing the nerve pathways for that. Um, visual motor behavior rehearsal is similar because it shows that people who visualize certain things also fire neurons in the same pathways into their motor neurons as if their muscles were, gonna, were going to uh, carry out that activity. But it's even much more powerful, as probably would be expected or could be obvious to some people, that those impulses are even much more powerfully fired if the person already practices that activity. So a martial art who already practices a certain punch and sees it, it will only serve to reinforce even more powerful that same punch that they've already practiced, and maybe they just have to tweak it a little bit. Whereas somebody who's never thrown a hook punch before or something like that, just looking at it might fire the, the nerve impulses, but they won't be anywhere near as strong or as reinforcing as someone who already did it. So that reminds me of her in that way playing the violin, is that it's so ingrained into her motor neuron system that... It, she's able to focus it much more quickly than someone who's just passively or casually listening to music who does not actually play a musical instrument. So I feel like just based on those things, those loosely uh, connected bits of, of neurobiology and uh, neuroscience there, I feel like there might be similar mechanisms in play with the doing of and the hearing music. Because I actually also know there is a subclass of mirror neurons now that I think about it called echo neurons. You have mirror neurons and echo neurons, which basically prepare you for the same thing. Like you hear somebody say something or for people, I think it might play into factor for people who have perfect pitch, for example. So if you hear a note, you can re repeat it backwards. Or if someone says something in a certain tone of voice, the same way that we can mimic people or how uh, comedians or others can do impersonations, for example. So anyway, uh, you guys uh, shared some interesting things. Thanks for letting me go on that little tangent, too. Um, anything else? I mean, this has, been, this has been on a good roll. I said I was going to cut it off like 10 minutes or so ago, but you guys kept me going. Um, anything else, Chris or Kapow? Um, this has been, uh, been some great, and I'm, I'm glad a lot of people are going to get some good stuff out of this. Chris? Um, yeah, I guess I just want to maybe try to find a way to ex expand on the art part of it and the way that, you know, maybe the average person can apply this to 
you know, just I don't want to say the average addiction recovery because there's no such thing as average, right? Right. Um, but you know, just just to kind of put some tools out there, the universe. Um, I know you're a pretty um, crafty person. I am too, and um, Kapow seems to be on the same page with all of us. Enjoy ath- athleticism and and the movement of the body, and which is um, fantastic. And I don't want to like dive in on that because I know we're talking about specifically about art and music, not martial arts. Yeah, but no, this is, uh, you know, this is free form, man. And we, I got my point across that I wanted to, and I'm so glad that this, uh, this platform allows us to do this. So take it away, man. <coughs> so, I mean, yeah, it's really open. Um, you know, as we talk more, you'll see what I mean. But this is, yeah, I'm totally cool, man. Hit it. Okay. Um, <clears throat> well, man, I guess it, for, for, for me personally... Uh, that's that's what got me through returning from 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 OEF uh, was was martial arts and, and exercise and looking up to people like Bruce Lee, you know, fighting real leaders that had good morals and principles and character, and that them themselves were in a, a state of wise mind and were providing real wisdom, you know. Um, whether, you know, some of the other people I looked up to came, you know, may have had a rough past or whatnot, you know, um, they were all great, great leaders. Um, and just the art of self-expression, I feel is, is, you know, my martial arts is a great segue for that. Um, you know, one of the first things that they had shown me, uh, at least the VA, um, there in Richmond, the McGuire hospital is actually a, probably one of the best hospitals in the nation for anybody who's a vet and hears this um, was, was Tai Chi. I mean, I, you know, grown up doing some JKD things and uh, became level three combatives uh, in, in, in the army and, and did some training on my own. Just always uh, have been pretty fit, but uh, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, no worries, man. Um yeah, the I know that they have some pretty good programs, and uh, you know you've been keeping me up up to date on some of them, and they and I've seen how you kind of bump in and out of things. So yeah, continue. Um, so I, I think it's just you know the biggest thing is is finding a good um, a good a good person to I want to say idolize because I, I mean you know but to had to have a good. Um, influence from you know a good uh, a good leader to look up to but uh, tai chi uh, it was such a great thing because you know we all know that it's real combat form uh when used and 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 kind of the what has come from it what other martial arts you know and, and styles have branched from, from tai chi um but now it's it's great base form that everybody uses it's it's fantastic and I haven't really even thought about it in a long time. And I think it's just great because, you know, you there at Unique Librium, I mean, you know, uh, Capoguera, uh, um, Capoguera, oh my God, I can never pronounce this correctly. <laughs> it's a Capoguera. Yeah, Capoguera. My, my, my version is Kappa from the Greek letter Kappa and Guerra, which is the Spanish word for war. So mine is Capoguera. And I know it's confusing and I do some stuff like that on purpose. Oh, but yeah. Okay. But okay. it's, okay. but, right. the, but the, but the African form, is capoeira like like a, like imagine a, a person I from Boston? So. Yeah, imagine a person from Boston saying "cup of water." They say "cup of water," capoeira, <laughs> you know, like that. <laughs> okay, and uh, it's just you know, and 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 the just 
I think it's it, maybe it's because it's so much more stimulating than regular martial arts, like especially with like capoeira. Like that's that's the opposite end of tai chi, you know. But tai chi is so centering, you know, doing you know like you know the empty the, the empty open step and all these other. Th- uh, that's only one move. I haven't done tai chi in so many years, but um, it's just I think it's it's a great thing that Western society ignores it's such a small thing if you just took you know 30 minutes out of your day to practice some tai chi while centering your mind and focusing on things maybe in some deep thought about we're going to do that day or you know whatever it is you can turn it into a complete brain and body building exercise to help with your recovery because addiction is rough yeah yeah it is what's up uh kapow addiction is rough chris (laughs) it's rough um, oh, I just wanted that. to expand upon what uh, Chris was saying about about that uh, when it comes to um, like the brain um, uh, the brain body connection and when it comes to neurobiology and neuroscience and neuropsychology um, like uh, when you're moving in different ways that you haven't moved before it can create new uh, neural pathways and uh, uh, can help with neuroplasticity. So I think that's, that's going to be a part of it. Absolutely. I think that you're spot on, Um, you know, God bless, or, you know, that I'm not like this anymore. But when I first came back in 2012, 2011, um, there was times when I'd be working out in the gym and I'd, I'd have, like flashbacks, like legitimate flashbacks that I didn't just like kind of like work out through them. Um, I guess, you know, kind of sounds a little savage, but I mean, you got to do what you got to do, right? We thank God for, for heavy stuff. Um, but you're right, you know, kind of help with that neuroplasticity of, of, of being able to, to work through, you know, my addiction or my trauma. Cause I was drinking really bad back then too. I, I, I'd polish off a half gallon of, of crown. So the 1.75 liters, you know, the handle of liquor uh, between every day and every two days, I was just a functional alcoholic and, and made things work. But it just, it wasn't a very healthy you know, course of <clears throat> very healthy state of being, but doing those things helped. And I, I, I did a lot of, um, you know, I did, I, I, I did dynamic warmups. This is, you know, 10 years ago before the, the, the exercise scene kind of blew up, but it's true. I mean, just doing, uh, doing things that are new to you, you know, when martial arts is great because there's so many different, uh, forms and styles and katas and, uh, and mixed, you know, you can kind of mix them all up and it's real combat sports. That's what I'm a firm believer in is real, you know, train how you fight. Don't, don't train like you're going to be dancing around a ring for five minutes at a time and you're going to get a break. Uh, you know, you, you, you got to train like it's going to be a 30 second to, you know, maybe a minute to five second engagement. Cause that's the way reality works. That's the way that life works. Um, it's never on your terms and it's not a, it's not a boxing competition. It's uh, unfortunately can be, uh, and hopefully isn't often a life and death situation. But there is that possibility that it it, it could uh, come down to that small percentile that you got to take you know real action. So you got to be prepared. Um, but that in itself can also build, be a, a a confidence builder, which 
one needs when recovering from addiction, right? Because you're trying to find a new, your, your new self. Uh, you're trying to build your mind, body, and brain. You may not enjoy exercise. You may not think that martial arts is for you, and maybe it really isn't, you know? But through doing things that you don't enjoy, as you were saying, Kapow, you're just able to build these new neural pathways. And, you know, no matter what it is, just doing a new action, learning new things, reading it, giving it deep thought, um, practicing what you're learning. You know, it could be martial arts, right? You're reading a, 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 a martial artist's Tao, you know, their, their, uh, their style to study it, and then you're practicing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, go ahead, uh, Kapow. Oh, um, I think part um, something that all of the all of the arts do, whether it's um, visual arts, music, um, uh, dance, which is my field mostly, um, is that uh, it puts you out of the experience of the mundane. So it changes up your like what you're what you're currently doing, whatever that is. And if what you're currently doing is something that's unhealthy, it um, are, can be a, a catalyst for uh, for putting someone into a position where they they can heal themselves, where they have the opportunity to look into something that's different because it's because it's outside of their ordinary experience. I think that's what I would say. You know, you know, something else that's very interesting about addiction in general and you know that's one of the things that I started talking about and we started talking about martial arts and things like that but addiction uh, especially psychological addiction can actually work uh, to our benefit and for example I experienced a tragic event in late 2019 and I didn't handle it I guess what you could call, I didn't handle it well at all. Um, but so my go-to was uh, just staying at home and ordering because it was very easy when I was in China uh, to order uh, through WeChat and Alipay and just get all the food delivered and up to and including uh, alcoholic beverages. And so that's how I'd get myself to sleep and deal with emotional nightmares and things like that but the positive addiction which is more powerful than drinking alcohol because it's taken up much more of my life 35 years of my life or more is martial arts and just being physical in the first place so what happened after seven months i just couldn't take it anymore i could not be at home laying in my bed playing you know marvel movies on loop over and over and over again you know, eating like dumplings and drinking entire bottles of wine and baijiu. Like I just, my body just said, okay, you got, like, you've got to move, get on your bike, go to the gym, uh, start hitting the heavy bag, start moving around, start doing this stuff. And it's because I have a psychological addiction to the physical fitness. And that's what starts to pull me out. And it's always a thing that, and a few other things that I do, it's it that that I'm psychologically addicted to by way of just years and years of habit that I have these very powerful neurological pathways, even just on the most mundane of biological levels. We treat us if we treat the body like a system of, of circuits and things like that. Um, 
but whatever you can say about you know psychologically mentally on a spiritual level whatever it is the fact is a matter of my point to being that uh developing habits of any kind whether that be musical talents artistic talents or any others that you can spend your time focusing on that are productive you know, reasonably productive in the, in even in just that day, uh, and it's not taking away from this, but even if, if it's the simple act of giving you joy and giving, having you, helping you to feel better, um, and to help calm you, you know, the most, uh, any, any productive and progressive or positive, you know, healthy habit that you can focus on that you can kind of get obsessed with, I, I think is good as it's helped me a lot. So. I, I need some help understanding what you mean by addiction to um to uh, exercise. Is that is that is that is that an addiction that you are experiencing? Well, I'm okay. So a little bit more background is um there's been a lot of research done, and I and I've spoken to some people before. I don't have any uh, links to send you right now because it's not like a big thing that I really look into. But what I learned was that um basically after all these years of research um, medical scientists and biologists have not found anything addictive about marijuana for example cannabis Um, physically or biologically there's no chemical biological reason or anything at all that addicts people biologically to marijuana however they have found that people are psychologically, that is mentally, habitually addicted to the way that it makes them feel. So meanwhile, it does have psychoactive and chemical effects in your body. The mechanisms that cause the biological and psychoactive effect in themselves are not addictive. It's the feeling that those biological effects, so the chemicals themselves aren't addicting in the way that, for example, if you took a psychoactive drug like an antipsychotic, like Abilify, for example, uh, Boospirone hydrochloride that goes by Boospar or Clozapine, um, which is a dibenzodiazepine derivative. If you were to take any of those for some significant time and then just decide to stop, your body will go into a severe withdrawal cycle that if it doesn't kill you, it'll make you look like you're psychotic even if you never were. So besides, like, so if you were to give those drugs to somebody who wasn't psychotic, even in low doses, to the point where it just put them to sleep, after a month or so, you try to take them off of it, you have a huge problem unless you titrate them off slowly. So that's what I mean by addiction. When most people talk about addiction, the reason why it's a medical problem is because it, they supposedly can be treated medically with other chemicals. And so the thing about marijuana addiction if it can be rightly classified so i don't know how the psychological sciences classify it but as far as medically and biologically it is not addictive but it is psychologically addicting in the way that it makes you feel i mean i suppose that people are also psychologically addicted to not having the pain of having a a stick up their butt right so i think it would be similar like you don't nobody wants to walk around with a stick up their butt um, but and so once the stick comes out of your butt, you'd probably be like, ah, I just, I really like this feeling. So that's what I mean. You're addicted. It's like something that's like, okay, this is better than, than not. So that's that's what I mean about the about the uh, the addiction part physically. Is that my body is physically, psychologically addicted to the way I feel, to the point where I just cannot stay away from it for long.
Okay, that's interesting. But because I I was always thinking of um, addiction as having a some sort of like detrimental or negative connotation or something. I guess it could be if it was taken to you know to an extreme, of course. Well, yeah, I mean, you you can overexercise yourself. I think Kapow just touched on something very deep. Why you said like it has got to have a negative connotation, right? Well, let's fl- let's flip the script. Let's talk about addiction of positive things that still may affect people's lives that you can use art and music to recover from, you know, or, or let's expand on how, I mean, right. Like boundaries is a big, is a big thing in today's society. I mean, an addiction to being a good person, right. An addiction to being helpful an addiction to uh, working too hard for your company. Um, and an addiction to, uh, I mean, just, you know, whatever it may be. Um, like there could be like food related ones, like, um, like orthorexia or other stuff to like other types of behavioral ones. I don't I don't know if those are necessarily addictions, but sometimes learning like <clears throat> sometimes having a certain uh I don't know if it's art, but practice um with um nutrition can help that kind of thing or something or it could be I guess that could be an art, but we're getting kind of into like some philosophical ideas about art that are a bit more stretching. Indeed. Anything, anything goes, man. There's no too far and too deep. Um, but yes, there. I mean, art and music can probably help people from recovery of things that may, on the surface, seem to be completely innocuous and not have any issues at all. Um, you know, but you know, for example, who would think that uh, you know somebody who liked to eat cake would be a problem, right? But uh, you know, you can, as you can see, the sugar and everything else involved in eating cake can quickly become a health problem. Um, and that's, of course, a very obvious thing that I'm kind of joking about. But let's take a look at something else that could seem pretty innocent that a lot of people are only recently finding out that could be dangerous. Drinking too much water. Imagine somebody's addicted to drinking water, right? They're just like, I just, like, I just love to drink some water. And it seems like the, you know, a person, and they carry around their water jug all the time, and they're like, yeah, I drink some water. Once I heard somebody say that they drink a gallon of water a day. And I was just like, what kind of athlete are you? Like, how oh, far? Oh, that is me. <laughs> that, that would be for the longest time. But you also, you've seen me train in the gym, so that kind of answers the question. Yeah, I mean, you, we definitely get rid of a lot of water. I'm just like, what? I was like, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to try that, but let's see. Um, but anything, though, yeah, I mean, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it has so much potential uh, for so many things, addiction, especially the being a psychological understanding sometimes uh, kind of makes it seem like it's too general. But um, overall, um, the, the biggest thing that a lot of people do neglect, however, is uh, replacement of things. And I'm going to I'm going to wrap up my own thoughts about everything today on this. You guys feel free to chime in. I'm going to say this one last thing. But I was looking at I regularly get a lot of emails and other uh, communications from scientific journals and authors who do that kind of work. And one that I saw not too long ago, one that I saw not too long ago was about how people go on like visual or emotional uh, loops and they start to over visualize like sort of like negative things that put them into a negative spiral and so on and so forth. 
And they kept on talking about that and measuring it and measuring how they, they understood people were doing it. And they were taking these subjective and objective and other kind of readings about people. But not once did they, did they mention the idea of replacement. You see, they, what they kept on talking about was we, we, they're basically trying to find a way to stop people or to stop these thought loops in their tracks. So like somebody starts, starts thinking over and over and over again about their loved one who, who died or who is locked up in jail or who got sick with cancer or whatever. And they just keep on going over and over and over again. And the whole study was all about how do we stop this or how do we shorten the time that people think about it? And nowhere did they mention replacement. And what, here's what I mean about replacement. It's something that I learned very simply Training and studying as a clinical hypnotist at the Hypnosis Motivation Institute in Tarzana, California, which works, as they say, gangbusters for getting rid of uh, these, these negative loops of, uh, of thinking about bad habits and simply thinking about something else. I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but why do you, it sounds crazy simple, right? But why do you think people, for example, binge on Netflix or binge on whatever, like, right? Because they're replacing their thought field loop with something else outside of themselves. They're allowing their thought loop to be, to be occupied by something else. Well, we have the ability, if we practice, just like if we practice lifting weights, we have the ability to become better and better at starting to install the kind of thoughts that we want to think of in place of those loops. A lot of people don't say this or speak about this that way that I know of, but then again, I don't look at a lot of stuff that a whole bunch of people in certain disciplines are doing. But one of the things is that you can create your own loops. That's right. You can create your own loops, either selecting from something that you've actually had a memory of in your past, or you can create one. And it edits just like how I'm going to edit this podcast when we're done. I'm going to look at where I want it to begin, and I'm going to put in a begin point, and I'm going to look at where I want it to end, and I'll enter an end point. And then, uh, and then I will let the, the clip cut itself that way and I have a beginning and end that's a loop and if I put it on loop I can play this thing over and over again as much as I, I want to. We can do a similar thing with our thoughts. We can create a nice pleasant, pleasing, empowering or whatever qualities you want to add to the recipe of this loop that you want to create and then you can start to practice it over and over again and maybe once a day you take 10 minutes or whatever it is, maybe 5 maybe 1, whatever time you have and you practice going through this this wonderful positive experience in your head and then eventually what will happen is when you start to find yourself uh, looking at uh, uh, these negative thought loops that go in your head and you start to feel that emotion then what you do is you pull yourself away you say okay I want to think about such and such a thing and maybe you give it a name right just like a movie has a name right you give your little clip a name uh, you give your little clip a name and then, and that's how you can pull it up from your memory files and then replay it when you want to. Now, I, I did say a bit, and it might sound some to some people oversimplified, but it actually works when you practice it. I use it over and over again, not only for myself, but I regularly, regularly deploy it with my hypnotherapy clients that I do um, uh, online and in person. So it's very helpful. Um, let's see if there's another note I want to say that before Chris chimes in here. Let me see. Uh, no, and that's about it. Yeah, you can create your own loops. That's the basic idea. I have several things I've recorded about this. Uh, one is called the emotional incubation method and one is called the em emotional activation system. Uh, maybe I'll put those in the comments here later if people want to look at that. That's a separate thing going on. Chris. 
I was going to agree with you, you know, creating these positive loops. And uh, so what you're talking about is, you know, there's these negative thought loops. And then you got to have uh, you're creating this bubble of self-awareness that's, you know, you catch yourself going into this cycle. And it's okay. It's going to happen, you know, especially if you're really ruminating on something or you're early in your recovery and, you know, you, you kind of got brain fog going on. Um you know, but it's 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 creating these self positive loops and 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 catching yourself when you're when you're in these negative loops and then and it's that self awareness and that leads to being able to create you know maybe a mantra or an action or whatever you're doing. Um, and on the flip side of that, being able to use an art form like for me, as I was saying earlier, I uh, I like working with my hands and just kind of staying busy. Um, or doing some kind of action that's just that's just my uh, f- form of expression that works best for me, and you know, so I'd be working on models or whatever, um, but while still having deep thought, while still really thinking about you know some really not fun and enjoyable things to reflect on, but I had to bring that into the laboratory and really break it down to the granule. But the only way that I could deal with that was doing something while thinking and allowing myself to get into this deep thought state, you know, and kind of not being okay. And it's a hard place to be in, especially when you're in recovery. And that's why, you know, if you're going to truly create the space of reflection for you, it's nice to have a support system. Um, you know, and a, a good positive support system, somebody who has a wise mind and is actually invested in you. And I don't mean by they're giving you money or this or that, investing in just their time alone and giving you positive uh, insight. Because unfortunately, with the way that human nature is these days, people will lead you astray just just to do it. And it's 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 saddening. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I just wanted to thank uh, both of you for being uh, vulnerable to tell your story on air. That's something that I just wanted to say that. Hey, man, I appreciate you too. You know, it's uh, it's not it's not an easy thing, but um, you know, uh, the more that we do share and and actually just kind of show that hey, we can continue to move on and and do positive things while we're going through these and come out of it. I think that's the best that we can do is to, because, you know, when people often also are on airs and they are just like, yeah, I'm the best ever. And, uh, and I'm teaching you and I've got the answers and da, 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 but they don't express the fact that they've, they're coming from a place of experience or that they're actually working through it productively. Um, you know, it kind of, it, it's, it's a little bit empty and it can be some, to some people and it can, can also be a little bit out of touch with what's actually happening when someone's just saying, this is what they can do rather than someone who, who is doing it successfully. Yeah. And as humans, we do, we do, uh, understand things better in a narrative oftentimes. Definitely. Uh, definitely narrative. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just being able to, um, 
find a good way to, to, to conceptualize it and put it in a, get a good narrative that other people can find something that is relatable for them. It may not be directly what I'm saying or directly what anybody is sharing, but like you can find these little snippets and that's, those is, those are the snippets that you bring into the laboratory. Those are the things that you break down and you find how they can help you and how you can build those back up into a different element, into a different material to build something new that works for you. And what really brought me to even being a little bit more vulnerable, Kapow, was honestly was you. Earlier, you had mentioned that you had an experience that brought out, you know, maybe your hoarding. And and that was an extremely brave and courageous thing to share because um, that's, that's a hard thing to recover from. I mean, and yeah, I may have done my own thing, but I signed up for that. And this is not an apples to apples situation. And that encouraged me that, that it kind of sparked my heart and brain. And maybe that's, you know, the Lord that to really be like, okay, um, you know, this guy's been, been here for 45 seconds and he's willing to share that, you know, an experience that he had, uh, uh, you know, caused his, you know, his hoarding. And now he's working on the hoarding, which means he's working through the experience that he had, which means he's, you've come so far that you were able to actually say it and say it and, and that you've like, Hey man, I'm standing here now. And I was there and I experienced that and like, bam, Hey, this is where I'm at. And like, I don't know. There's just something extremely, extremely powerful about that. There is something uh, very powerful about that, especially when uh, men um, have a container where they can um, talk about their, thoughts and feelings um you know freely um, it's um it's uh what is the uh word i would call um it's uh beyond measure what that can do i guess <laughs> you're you're right um and you know uh, both of you mentioned something interesting and i have a, a friend i've known for over 20 years i met him in around 1998 or 99 at the university of miami in florida coral gables south florida and um his name is Purvis Taylor III. He's actually a celebrity uh, author and life coach. Um, I think I believe he's out of New York right now, and he he addresses this very the very subject about what you mentioned, Kapow, about about men and vulnerability and sharing. And he kind of touches on that that kind of catch thing that's going on, catchy thing that's going on now. Everybody's calling toxic man- masculinity, which I think is taking things a little bit too far sometimes. But he's got a some great points and he's also a man of faith uh he definitely references uh jesus and christianity a lot in his work it's not my wheelhouse chris is a man of faith too we're friends but he also knows that i'm not a religious person but that's just a testament to show that a person like chris and another friend of mine uh ryan elliot he's also a christian i mean he he uh quotes verses to me all the time prays for me talks to me about it but he knows I'm not about it at all. But uh, as Chris, you mentioned somebody who would be, if, if, if you could say, a real Christian, right? Those are the people that will still talk to you when you're cussing out Jesus and God, right? And that's that's what you guys do. You guys know how angry I've been about certain things and stuff that I've I've said and how I feel about you know religion and stuff. But they're still there anyway. Uh, Purvis Taylor the third, um, he's written a couple of really great books. Um, one of the things that he uh, he talks about, like I said, mainly is is vulnerability men, but specifically men of color. 
um, which I think is also very important because that's, it's also very stigmatized and made taboo for men of color to speak about their emotions or to have anything that would be alter, alternative lifestyle. Um, but the, uh, yeah, the vulnerability it helps. Is so, it is so taboo that you can't come off mission and have a moment. Nope. You got to work, you know? And, uh, when I came home, there was, you know, I came back to my, my town, uh, here on the East coast and, uh, some of my friends were in EMS and, you know, the girl I was dating, you know, uh, he was, a, I guess, a, a mutual friend, we could say, and he had become uh, doing EMS for the local volunteer fire department and oh, talked about cool. seeing some things and, and then immediately being able for them to huddle up and, and, and cry and have an experience, which is good because that's what we need. That's what you're supposed to do. Um, but, yeah, I don't know why I was I was prompted to, to, to share that or say that, but, like, it's just well, like having a, a space to process things. And, um, like you said, you know, the toxic masculinity is kind of taking over where, you know, we're, we're saying you got to have a a specific safe space, you know, where you can't say and do certain things. And, um, I don't know. It's just like you're saying, it's become kind of weird and and overreaching. And I feel like back in the day, that's, this is what men did. We were able to, to discuss and have deeper thought and be, um, uh, is it is it even vulnerability or is it were we, we just having you know group therapy because you know group therapy it's, itself is, is it's, men or, or people just, you know people congregating and just being in a group and having having discussion open yeah, ended discussion uh, yeah. ther- therapy has is a, a little bit different because it has its own um, like uh, not necessary outcomes or goals but it's it's framed a little bit differently and. Um, uh, this isn't necessarily a men's group, but it kind of reminds me. Oh yeah, like, no, no, no. By by no means. Yeah. I've been in in therapy for for a decade mm-hmm. since since I got out. A lot of it involved with stuff. So like, yeah, by no means. That's meant you know the fact where we're you're you're. So, so what I was saying is like so by group therapy. So being in a group mm-hmm. itself, a group of men. Oh, like, it has the therapy. Fact that therapy. Correct. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. The, the right. gathering, so, the gathering, gathering. the aura yeah. of positive masculinity towards a positive ideal that's worthy of being, you know, uh, conscientious of, whether it's your community, yeah. your family, your friends, you know, that, that building, you know, uh, building each other up and sharing skills and abilities to create a better, more well-rounded man whether that's your friends or whatever, like just sharing those things with each other and encouraging growth. And maybe we can touch on that part of, um, of uh, the discussion about, uh, about art. So like, you know, music, dance, art, yeah, you know, one and how, and how, uh, you know, uh, masculinity plays into that because there have been times where at least I'm an American, uh, but in, uh, you know, it seems like in America, where those things aren't considered to be something that men, you know, should be exploring. And that can be, you know, a detriment to a, a, a person's recovery. You know? Sure. But I, I'd love to get your thoughts on that. So uh, before moving on, I'm going to address things that you both said. So one about um, the army, Chris, and maybe what's stimulated to think about that is, is because um, in both the institution of the military and in the broader society as a whole, uh, men have this, um, 
the fabricated expectation is what it is an expectation to be a certain way and that's not to show the sensitivity and things like that and so it's like even this morning i was talking to wesley taylor he's the fitness director at one life fitness in red mill where i train clients and um yesterday i was i got sick kind of like um in the more like the night before it was like a weird thing it, my throat was itching and scratching and then i overslept and i missed one of my clients in the morning so he we had we got into a discussion we were talking about what it was and i said wes that was totally my fault i dropped the ball there's no excuse for that he's like you know thanks for your honesty so on and so forth and i was like yeah i was at the uh cafe like in by the afternoon but i said i, I canceled all my other clients and i i just went to go enjoy the sun because i didn't feel as well but i just wanted to get out and um and there was a saying that I said to him because we then got into some other stuff about other clients and and I had just read just not too long ago there was a quote and part of it you can agree with part of it you won't at least for me I I'm kind of on the fence about it but it says that the day it says the morning after the farmer's wife dies he still must milk the cows or or yeah it goes the day after the the day after the morning after his wife dies the farmer must still milk the cows and while i get that and 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 he was talking about that from a perspective of being an entrepreneur that you can't let stuff from your personal life screw up your business I, while i understand that i that also doesn't leave room for the fact that everybody is so different and different things are different straws that break different camels backs you know and so you, it's not going to be the same for for everyone but i understand where that's coming from and that's sort of the expectation of what a lot of men are supposed to have and the second thing is um is something that i forgot so anyway let's let's go on with what um what kapow was saying and how particularly addressing masculinity as far as art and things like that well uh monica smith in that's this article that inspired this this podcast use art and music as a tool for addiction recovery and i even remember pointing it out in there she says art and music are hobbies and they're just things that you do you know blah 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 and what i found interesting that is that she said they're just hobbies and it, and 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 i just remember thinking and saying earlier well i get paid for what people for art and music through my publications and how i get paid to to put my music out there and use it and soundtracks and different things like that so i get that maybe you know for most people it's uh it's just a hobby and and i think that's one of the things too when in society it's hard as a whole they look at these things as just oh you play guitar that's cool that's a nice cute hobby or you play chess or you draw you sketch that's nice that's that's a cute nice hobby a thing that you do you know um oh look that's bob he's a painter i think he might be a little on the feminine side right you know it's like or you know there's gary he's a dancer oh that's not bad what does he do hip-hop no he's a ballet dancer whoa that's you know and some people have these things yes about men and about that stuff like that now that's a completely different and i don't want to i please let's not go there really um, it's, it's completely different from gender issues and gender identity, but let's not, I don't want to touch that at all, please. I'm begging you guys. Uh, um, but it does say something though about what, what people see that we're supposed to be doing music, art, you know, things in art, like dance, especially, or other types of body movement. Um, but you know, we can get past that by simply continuing to understand that if it's what we really enjoy we're not doing anything detrimental to other people 
and you have other examples in the world, if you need them, of other people who are thriving in the face of whatever criticism they might have about their masculinity or whatever they decide to do as therapy or as part of their life. So um, I think that that is um, one of the solutions that I, a lot of people employ successfully. Uh, and um, yeah, you know, I, this really inspired me. I think I definitely want to, I'm going to reach out to Purvis Taylor and see if I can get him on here as a guest and to talk or just a speaker to do his own show. So when it comes to the toxic masculinity and involving art, you know, this is really like a societal problem, right? Because um, now we have this higher uh, perspective, not us as people, but, you know, just the whole view of things, the whole, like, the, the, the lens that everything is now put under, um, you know, that affects self-expression or the ability to gain self-expression, you know, because... I'm pretty sure there's some pretty hard guys out there, you know, some of these very uncommon men, maybe even war fighters or whatever they may do. Like, you know, they, maybe they're a wonderful artist and you would never know, right? You know, but if you gave them a sketch pad, you'd be like, just flabbergasted. Um, it's the same thing with like, you, you know, you see um, a man sing, you know, and he's able to perform well. Like there's an art to that, right? Like that takes skill. You know, but, um, you know, maybe they won't perceive, oh, he's overweight or he's this or he's that. Um, you know, or you're supposed to do a certain type of art. Like, how many people in back in the day would have called Andy Warhol a masculine man? You know, probably no one by the quote unquote world standards, right? But look but, what he's done. Look what, look what he's created through his expression of art. You know, look at the effect and change he's had. Yeah, let's also look at how it changes, though, throughout time, right, Chris? Like how, um, if you go even further back before that, look at the guys like Leonardo da Vinci, Leonardo da Vinci and other guys like that, who I don't know if they oh, were perceived as masculine man, or not in society. But yeah, let me get you started on the whole king thing, because if we wanted to, like, because you're right, people of old, you know, were, were well-rounded gentlemen to be a king or be, you know, revered as somebody to, to earn a title. And now everybody right. kind of walks around saying they're a king, which I think is part of the problem of actual toxic masculinity is that you have the young, you know, young men or boys who are presenting themselves as gentlemen. Well, the problem... Uh, and, uh, and oh, hold on, hold on, hold on or on oh, yeah. a higher level as, as savage gentlemen, you know, as somebody who is harmful but chooses to be harmless you know who may be knowledgeable or whatever and on and, and beyond that is a king right you know so they're calling them walking around calling themselves a king but if you ask them any kind of uh, real insightful wisdom and knowledge about the way the world operates or or maybe something they're passionate about or something that they have a deep understanding of in, in one facet let alone multiple facets or multiple skills abilities and attributes that they've gained over a lifetime of actually taking the time to not be distracted and to build themselves up mentally, physically, and, you know, uh, I guess just ability-wise, right? Like, um, to, 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 to perform the actions to call yourself a quote-unquote king. I mean, that's just, to me, is... 
So that's I what, don't know. I mean, that's <laughs> the thing about that is what you're talking about is is sort of like merit meritocracy. Is the problem is that you have a lot of people calling themselves kings, but they have no merit. There's no action or no uh, anything productive or useful behind it. Not even not for themselves, not for anyone, not for anything. People are just like it, it's it's also uh, tied deeply in with entitlement and the entitlement that some people can have you f you can feel entitled if you've earned something but this is all what it's all about it's about hard work or doing or producing things or organizing things and if you don't do that within yourself if you're not improving if you're not doing something you're king of nothing you know and so it's without merit you know if we if if you were doing things you know that's a different story I'm so story. glad that you that you just said that I mean that is Dude, I was literally was was praying on this, and sorry, I, I was I, I was. I mean, all right, I'm not gonna lie. All right, I was praying on it and giving it some deep thought yesterday because, like, you know, you you know me, Fight Club, Need Some Theory, the whole Last Man thing, and I feel like that is the new Last Man. Is um, oh my lord, I just lost my train of thought. What did you just What did you just say? Um, just about meritocracy and merit, and that things must be earned instead of just uh, being entitled to something you didn't do or. Yeah, but it was the, the exact the exact word phrasing you just said. Um, people being, uh, I do apologize. Give me no, they're, they're just just right. people um, basically uh, feeling like they're entitled to something that they haven't earned. They 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 want things. They're entitled. They have a self uh, sense of self entitlement. Good thing this is being recorded, but they have a a sense of self and entitlement, and they want to claim things and claim to be a king. When they haven't done anything, they they haven't any done anything kingly. They haven't done anything that deserves any kingly, not for themselves, not for anybody else. And so, it's sort of like you're just kind of claiming for something. That's the that's the that's oh, the negative. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. It was oh, yeah, yeah. K king of nothing, king of nothing, and plug to ah. the very greatest like, <laughs> uh, psychobilly band in the world, the Kings of Nothing, the Kings of Nothing, <laughs> Nothing, you know, great psychobilly band. But yeah, you're right. These guys are walking around saying they're a bunch of kings. And guess what? You're a group of a Kings of Nothing because yeah. the things that you're so interested in, that you're so self-absorbed with your Yeezys and this and that and becoming a person of a material possession to try to impress the other sex. You're wasting your time, your money, and you're, you are a distracted young men, you know, or, or even older guys, right? Even myself. Well, if like, you don't do uh, anything. We, we all fall victim to it at times. But that's the problem. But yeah, you, you got to do something, right? Yeah. yeah you, you can't call yourself a king if you're technically a king of nothing. What are you, like, the you question? Know? Because we're all the same organic, decaying matter. Nobody's right. better than anybody. And then on top of that, if you're walking around saying you're a king, but you're a king of nothing, you know, then what? You're like the best mediocre of the kings of nothing, of the media. I mean, I just don't, you know, like, let's just all be honest so that we can all actually build a tribe of strong, capable men who choose to be harmless, you know, savage gentlemen. You know, you, you know? said the word tribe just Any, now. Maybe, or you, maybe or you were, we're getting off topic. My, no, I, you I said love, the word I love, I love the passion. I love the passion. It's great. Um, no, you said the word tribe, and then you were talking about, you know, that we're all going to, you know, perish the same way. It reminds me of a line from, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, Rockabilly Band. Well, there's a, uh, an extreme metal band called, called Sepultura, and one of their albums, Chaos AD, um, and one of their, their songs called Nomad, which I had the privilege of performing on stage with a band called Lockdown in South Florida. But the line is, who are you to criticize, to judge and burn the tribes? The world will be extinct, 
and your flesh will rot with mine. <laughs> so I was like, you know, but who, are, who are you? Why are you? Why do you think you're better? But yeah, if you, you know, if you do something, claim something. And that's the, that's the real negative definition of the word arrogant, or, which comes from the Latin arrogare, which means to claim for one's own. But there's a problem with that. You can claim for your own anything that you produce and that you per positively, progressively have a part in creating and making better somehow. That's, and that's the positive use of the word arrogant in the way that Bruce Lee was arrogant and even expressed arrogance. But the negative use of arrogance is claiming for your own, which is without merit, without doing anything, without working for it, which is the same thing as, as a, the negative use of the word entitlement. See, everything has a, a negative and positive connotation in the same words. Just like how propaganda means to disseminate far and wide, it doesn't have any negative connotation inherently in it. So then as a group, let's, let's try to find maybe a better word than tribe, right? I mean, I didn't, I didn't mean to use the word tribe, but you're right. That kind of gives it a, you know, this, this, uh, kind of group, like a exclusive, uh, exclusivity, right? And that's but not no, what it is. That's like, not a problem. No, we're, 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 I don't think tribe is a problem. I don't think that's uh, when in quoting that line tribe and he says, who are you to criticize, to judge and burn the tribes? He's like saying, yeah, because uh, the tribes don't seem, don't seem maybe as sophisticated as you with your weapons of war and all this. He's like, who are you to criticize, to judge and burn the tribes? Because because the world will be extinct and your flesh will rot with mine. You're not part of my tribe, but you call primitive and savage. But when, when the world is done, the world's going to be we're extinct. All You're, we're all going to rot. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. That's what, yeah. I, I was just going to say that uh, both of you uh, ended up uh, referencing art to, uh, to, to illustrate your ideas even more. So I thought that was interesting. But it, it, it kind of comes back cyclically, back to article quite quite easily you know to, uh, at least to the, the utility the utility of art can be um can be shown pretty easily yeah there you go <laughs> i mean that's what all men should be focusing on aren't is like art right the the, the actual real art of self-discipline to there therefore make a real art whether it's painting whether it's building a house, whether you like just reading, maybe you want to learn a new language. There's an art to all of these things. You have to master that art. And music, we, I mean, music is like, it transcends every single level of anything. As somebody who's been around the world, and sooner or later, I'm, I'm sure somebody will hear this who's had even more travels than me or Unique Equilibrium, and they can, you know, uh, to speak on this, but... No matter, I mean, uh, here's a good example. Uh, I believe it's Bon Jovi's. Um, uh, um, help me out, um, Unique. Um, Train going nowhere. Uh, God, what is what is the name of the song? Are you talking about living on a prayer? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't. Yes, thank you. Living on a prayer. I don't know why I could not. <laughs> okay, yes. So yeah, that I mean, no matter where you go, that's, that's living kind of, on a prayer. <laughs> it just it just escaped me. I was like, "What?" Um, anywhere you go, you can play it in any country, unless like you're out in the middle of the Amazon, you know, the Amazonian. Uh, 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 um, <laughs> jungle rainforest. Rainforest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it's get people are gonna know the song. You know, it's just like music transcends everything and making your own music on the most basic level, right? Like, you know, just getting people together 
and having congregation. And, but he, even when you're alone, just, uh, I think that's why the lo-fi stuff is really uh, t- taken off in the last however many years it's been, right? Because it allows people to kind of get into a, a zone. You know, I mean, everybody loves music. Um, so I, I don't know. It's just, I love that there's this creative bubble that is there now. Like there's more ability, but I think people are so focused on trying to create revenue instead of create happiness and create art and create, um, I don't want to say happiness because it didn't, you know, I mean, but just like finding something that you enjoy, you know, and, and whatever it may be, you know, even laboring. I mean, like, so that's why we people work out, right? Like, there's just something about the labor of doing something, you know, and, and people love to read. Um, but yeah, just, just finding that, that art zone, like be, don't be afraid to, to, to write things and just do things. And, mm-hmm. and at, out of all the, uh, the discipline or the disciplines, art is a bit mysterious that way where like, uh, for me, I would say that, that art is a, is a spiritual practice in some sense. But it doesn't, of course, it doesn't have to be. It can be um, a very materialistic one, too. It's kind of, it's kind of, it's very interesting that way, how it can, it can be very um, soft and, like, get into all of these different, uh, uh, it can be very adaptable and and get into all of these different places that other things can't. Yeah, um, I totally agree. I mean, I mean, if you can make a living off of what you do, I mean, do do it, man. Or even if you kind of don't enjoy it, and it's it's a new a new realm for you. Like earlier, I used the Gumpla stuff, which I know is very very big now. Um, can you imagine getting a you know one of one you know or one of one hundred master grade one of the metal ones, and somebody built it for you because it's very laborious. Uh, anybody who says it's not is it's f- foolish and and uh, maybe way too humble or egotistical, but it's they're fun. Um, and then somebody's gone through the hassle of painting battle damage on it and or setting up a scene. And if that registers with you, like great. And then you know can you sell it off and and you know, somebody's going to buy it and they're going to put it in their collection. And um, but the art of being able to do that and finding that space. And then you if you got some music playing. You know, and then you're thinking about the things you need to focus on and you're not distracted, you know, and that could be reading. That could be, I mean, there's so many different things that you can use as an art form to create, you know, that you're, you're using the actions that you're doing to help the neural pathways be activated. And then you're thinking about what you need to actually focus on and you're doing that kind of brain building session. Um, and, you know, instead of zoning out on Netflix and that can be learning a new instrument as well, right? Like that as a textile thing that you have to do yeah. and you got to read and. Oh, I'm, you can finish your idea. Oh, to say, you know, you, you got to read and, and you got to uh, be engaged on multiple different levels to learn an instrument or to create music or to make beats and, um, you know, make, okay. Like making beats for, for, uh, for example, you know, hopefully, you know, a lot of the young people are getting into it now and it's great. It's so much more accessible. You have to go online and search the best program and, you know, search, uh, you know, the right um, beat package and the right, you know, beat machine and the right pad and the right mixer. And, you know, that that takes 
brain power. And then once you were able to get your, your equipment to create your art, to express yourself, that's when you can kind of get in the zone, you know, um, because because if you're yeah, not I think performing, it, I, can, I think it can I think it can happen multiple different um in, a, in different orders. So like, uh, unique equilibrium was talking earlier about like the the appreciation of art or like um you know observing or perceiving it and then creating in it creating it or then also participating with other people like having a jam or whatever it is you know or collaborating on something like all. All three of those are are different ways to experience art. Sure, absolutely. And what you're saying circles back to the whole the whole thing of what we're talking about is addiction, right? So, like, yeah. So you agreed. So you're creating, you know, using these new outlets to create new people, places, and things to to really branch out to have growth. Yeah, and I guess we haven't really. I don't know. Well, at least when I've been in the conversation, I don't know if you've touched on that, but um, how. Um, art and uh, um, art can create uh, com- like healthy communities for addiction recovery. Like uh, if you had a you know a group of artists that w- were um, coming together and, and collaborating, they're also creating a, a community or a space where um, where that can happen in a healthy way and can uh, can be supportive. Well, this is uh, one of the things that I'm working on creating right now, as a matter of fact, here in Virginia Beach, even though, you know, I'm pretty much a nomad and I'm just kind of passing through. And Chris knows this because we're we're planning. We have a lot of uh, destinations planned uh, throughout here. Oh, my gosh, this music is horrendous. I got to move out of here. But um, we have a lot of stuff planned on uh, for our travels. And, and as we work and continue to build things um, and, you know, there, there are so many applications that I mean, we could we could just be going on forever and ever and ever about it. Um, but one thing I wanted to add is uh, that you know, no matter what, the thing is, is that when people come together like this, like my whole point was to share and say, hey, look, this person provided a great resource. You know what I mean? And I think that people should know about it. And then it blossomed into this really amazing discussion about all these different things with people sharing and everything. And this right here as a community, art bringing people together, is just, just this whole discussion. And then, you know, the one thing that I'm building is I want to ha- I'm working on a retreat center where that's going to be part of the whole thing is creative expression where people can, can get together and they can do what they want to do. You know, sure. If, you know, the whole, the general vibe will be, yeah, you can, you can practice yoga and play capoeira, but it's not going to be so strict where people have to do a class or they have to do what everybody else is doing. Everyone's going to be on a different level. There might be two people who want to partner up and do something else, but we get together, we dance, we sing, we play instruments, we throw some kicks, um, you know, we write some lyrics, maybe draw some, some stuff, design some art for some outfits that we're going to use for another practice. Like, who knows? But, yeah, the community aspect, um, and this is circ- me circling back to Capoeira, the community aspect of Capoeira is phenomenal. So, um, and that is very important, the community aspect of everything and, and sort of like what we're doing here with this small group. All right, guys, so. Let's, uh, Chris, please say what you're going to say. I'm going to wrap it up soon. My phone is at 16%, and that's what I love about the fact that we can do these kind of things on mobile. It's amazing. Okay. 
Yeah, I think I think this is, is going to be a gem if, if anybody makes it this far, man. So like you said, uh, like so you, a place of recovery that is doing untraditional things <clears throat> to allow people to have self-expression to 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 get through what they need to get through whatever they may be recovering from, whatever addiction they may be suffering from. And that's something that I had noticed. I, I, I spent some time in Prescott, Arizona, um, and it's uh, the recovery capital of the world. And it's also the retirement capital of the world. Okay, the world, I'm sorry, uh, of the United States of America. <laughs> um, it might be the world for recovery. Uh, it is a very, very, very ritzy hotspot for recovery outside of like, LA or whatever they do on the West coast. Um, but the traditional programs of, you know, uh, you know, narcotics anonymous and alcoholics anonymous and stuff like that, they didn't work for everybody. And that can be a big barrier to starting your journey to recovery. Cause I mean, like we all need community, right? We do, we can't be alone. That's, we just don't, we're not supposed to operate alone. It's part of the problem we have. Everybody's having their face in their phones. Um, but so, so having a, a, a place where we can do music and art. And if you're learning these new skills or maybe it's something you already do, or maybe it's something you used to do prior to your addiction, um, being in those spaces, you would be much more likely to flourish and to have an actual chance of beating your addiction or having the growth that you're seeking for, 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 for recovery. Cause it's all stepping stones, right? Like nothing happens overnight. Everything's an onion. Everything has got layers, you know, and you got to be patient with yourself, but put yourself in a position to flourish, to have your music and art. And, you know, it's like, 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 you know, unique equilibrium saying even here in Virginia beach, there's a need for that of being, a have a place to where you can have freedom of expression that we're not uh, in a bubble of, <laughs> I don't want to be uh, like, you know, religious. I don't, I, I try not, I try not to be, but like this Babylonian perspective, right. We're kind of stuck in the last man's theory or the kind of king of nothing theory, right. Like this judgment, uh, that 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 the society is out there, so you can have a freedom of expression without being, you know, worry about toxic masculinity. Somebody approaching you, like, "Hey, man, you're over here, you know, waving these flags around, listening to Spice Girls, you know, having a good time." Like, does it really matter at the end of the day? No, it doesn't. <laughs> you know, like, um, and it, you know, and I know that's a very very obscure example, but it wouldn't matter, right? Like, what if that dude is a Navy SEAL and he just wants to come have a good time? Like, why would you tell him no? You know, but you don't know that's what he does. And he doesn't even need to share that with you. But here you are judging him because, you know, he couldn't do that normally. Um, you know, I mean, he could. He could do whatever he wants. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, just having having that space of where you can flourish. So, you know, if you like hiking, you like uh, painting, you know, go to a, a, a painting, um, you know, get together. And if you have enough strength, let's say, you know, or let's say drinking isn't your thing or whatever, or, uh, you know, to be in that environment, of course, you know, make, make sure you're setting yourself up for success. You don't, don't, don't put yourself in a vulnerable you know, position just to try something new and then end up, you know, uh, uh, relapsing, you know, be smart, use, use your wise mind, think about things, but also don't be afraid to try new things, um, to, to be in that space to where you're not stuck in these traditional channels that society is forcing on you to, to try to beat your addiction or to try to gain the strength and, and camaraderie and community 
of, of building new people, places, and things to create these new neural pathways to create this new being of, of, uh, you know, of you, because it's going to take time to become this, uh, this better version of yourself because we're never perfect. There's always room for, for improvement. There's no such thing as, you know, as, as perfection. Um, and if you really want to be a real king, then you gotta, you gotta do those things. You got to improve and you got to put yourself in an environment to learn new things and to be challenged and to be around people who aren't going to necessarily always pat you on the back and tell you it's okay. They're going to, you know, speak to you, uh, you know, you know, with some reality in it, you got to be wise enough to kind of decipher if, you know, it's for you or not. Um, but you know, you, you just somebody who's going to be accountable, but smart enough. You know, I mean, you got to be smart enough to, to decipher that. But um, like, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm I'm losing my my, my train of thought here. I apologize. Go, go. Hey man, you're all good. Uh, so I I, I have I, I support everything that you you said, Chris. Um, I, I what I have to say is pretty similar. Um, it, uh. Sometimes to get better and be in a state of wellness, you have to be creative and try things that you haven't done before. And uh, and and uh, don't wor- uh, worry too much about if it's um, good or not, or or things like that. Um, you know, it's not really the point all the time. Sometimes it's about uh, uh, something that we forget to do as adults, which is uh, just um, playing and having fun. Um, so that's what I would have to say. Um, if you wanted to see more of me and my work i have a youtube channel and it's called raw unplanned dance uh, you can search that in youtube if you'd like it's uh, raw as an r-a-w space unplanned dance yes so thank you uh thank you for sharing you know what you um, for having me sure it's unique equilibrium or you can call me hakeem uh you can go ahead i i i totally welcome you to put the link um, to your YouTube channel in the comments here and the live chat and the comments and oh, sure, so I you can have that. it. Yeah, I put a couple of links there already, so or at least one link there. So please do that so we can check it out. Yeah, uh, um, thanks both of you for telling your story and having me on to tell mine. Fantastic, you guys are great. All right, um, we've been discussing how to use art and music as a tool for addiction recovery. Chris, myself, and Kapow had a great conversation today. Um, please check out the links here. They're going to be links in the show itself. And then hopefully Kapow will put the link to his YouTube channel there so we can check out some of his art and expression. I apologize for the noise in the background here. Let me step out where the music is not for a moment so that I can finish this up on a hot, a little bit of a higher note. Uh, yeah, so my one of my guest contributors and authors, Monica Smith, contributed a fantastic article. Check out the links. Check out all the links here. Uh, look at what our our speakers today had to say and uh in the notes in the comments when you listen to this uh afterwards in the recording please feel free to leave comments feel 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 free to ask questions and if there's anything we can do to answer any questions at all uh feel free to reach out all right everybody it's been a good one take care